Well, then. Excellent. There let, you go. let the games begin. <laughs> the games so. <laughs> So, Seb, first of all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good to talk to you. 2023. Um, I can feel it in my bones. So I... This is going to be the year that everything's different. <laughs> well, I I think we, you know, before we get all the way into it, because there's so much tasty goodness, um, as well as some dangerous stuff going on, um, I think I would, I would say that we owe Fan an apology. Uh, so, yes. fans, sorry. I know it's been sorry, August of 2022 um, since we did stuff. But listen, just shit got in the way. Like, Seb and I don't, yeah. weren't, like, angry at each other. We weren't, it's not like, you know, we're breaking up, nope. like, you know, like like a famous <laughs> a comedy duo or something like that. Right. Just li- just life really happened. So we apologize, fan. Um, or we could take the approach, Seriously. listen, you just, you just take what you get. Yeah, exactly. be happy with it, fan. Be grateful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should be grateful. We're even, we're even taking our time, yeah, to do this one. Um, we're not getting paid but no, for this. So, exactly right. You know, <laughs> you know the largest. The I'm actually sharing my time with all the fans. I know, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> actually, I think people would pay us not to podcast. They're like, listen, what could we do if we gave you money to go like bowling during this hour or do something else? Would you take that and not podcast? That's that's a great startup idea. We could do a reverse Patreon. Pay money to yeah, fund exactly. to stop this behavior. <laughs> it's it's a stop fund me page instead, <laughs> instead of GoFundMe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you if you don't pay me money, I'm gonna shoot this baby seal right in the head. That's right. That's right. <laughs> stop Buy me before this I podcast again. We'll kill this dog. Yeah, <laughs> stop, exactly. Stop exactly. <laughs> Oh, uh, but so I was looking and it looks like we haven't done anything decent since August of twenty twenty two. And so Seb, I would ask you, uh, anything happened since August of twenty twenty two? Not much. <laughs> okay, I think so, I, I have to say, okay, so let's let's each nominate our most favorite thing that has happened. I okay. I, know, I mean like okay. impactful, not not sort of delicious, like little you know, whatever, uh, okay. extra okay. Uh, filigree not, not, not a German on word. top, but like, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I just love how the, uh, the red tsunami <laughs> turned into, Oh my goodness. <laughs> just a, a red fizzle. Uh, just, yeah, exactly. Just hilarious. So, so I would say, so what do you want to do, Seb? I think we should talk about that. Cause that, that was not going to be my choice. But while the iron no, well, let's is proverbially your choice, hot, and then let's cover okay. each. So, what was okay. your choice? Um, I would, I would have to say that it's new and it's fresh, and it only started on January third of this year. Um, <laughs> but I will say, let me guess. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, Kevin McCarthy's just complete flame out oh, yeah. and not getting elected on the sixth ballot. Yes. Um, which I just six. looked at before we hopped on this podcast. Like, yes. this is 
unprecedented in the annals of modern political history, with modern going all the way back, I think, to the Civil War. That's right? correct. The idea I mean, that's, that the, I think that's there... modulating, by the way, my enjoyment of this, uh, this particular. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's a clown show, but the last, it went to 133 votes in the Congress that yeah. ended up dissolving in Civil War. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping yeah, that that's not the precedent. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, actually, although I am relishing in what's happening, um, I, I, I am also a little fearful. But I would also say that, yeah. you know, the red fizzle that you talked about ties directly into oh, definitely. 100%. You know, this. And I mean, I think it's 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 not entirely unironic that they may be voting until January 6th, which I think, <laughs> you know, Twitter. Twitter will just be a fire and a flame if they still haven't elected a speaker by January 6th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, stop. it's a, it's a necessary, I, I see this whole thing as, you know, back when, when it started to look like Trump was going to be the nominee in 26 or 2015, mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. you and I talking about like, <clears throat> if they do this, just, we, we were agreeing with Lindsey Graham. I don't think we were doing the podcast at that point where we No, I don't think so. I don't think um, so. I don't think so. But but I remember us saying it is weird that we are agreeing with Lindsey Graham because, like he said, uh, if we nominate this guy, it'll be the destruction of the party, and we'll deserve it. And mm. he he was right. He was right back then. He's still yeah. right now. And all of this, like the the insanity of the midterms um, and the incredibly poor result the Republicans landed, um, and this complete. <laughs> Uh, you know, whatever sideshow carnival um, act Ugh. that is is the speaker of the house election. It's all necessary for the dismantling of a group of people who have no interest in governance and are just yeah. they think they're in a reality TV show about politics, right? Um, and they think they're That's the great comment protagonist, yeah. and they're not. Yeah, the terrible people. <laughs> well. And, and- but I mean, of all the things you said that were very wise and insightful, I think seeing themselves as the protagonist and the hero of the story when they are actually the antagonist yes. is, is well, is interesting. And I, 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 it's hard to see yourself as the protagonist, but, and I'm wondering in the, in the, in the Republicans mind, if they are the protagonist, who is the antagonist? Is well, the Democrats, the Taliban, nineteen. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's you know the squad, the 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 woke mob, the uh, the you know the the all the way up to the QAnon identified pedophile, like you know international mm, crime oh. cartel, lizard people stuff. Like it's it's imaginary villains, right? It's Black Lives Matter, it's uh, Antifa, mm. it's all these complete mm-hmm. like fabrications in their mind. Like you, you listen to them talk, and they talk about like. You know, when Black Lives Matter uh, protests were going, they were talking about American cities in ruin, all aflame, and like, you know, you mm-hmm. can go outside your door without being mugged. And like, where are I don't understand. <laughs> like, I get if you watched Fox, that's what you could believe, but yeah. walk outside yeah. your door, right? Or talk to somebody in one of these cities or whatever, just watch any other news program. Like, <laughs> Anyway, it's all fabrication. That's the thing. Like they have to make a villain for them to be the protagonist. So, I, so it's interesting that the and I think we've seen this with Fox. The idea that the creation of a protagonist actually 
somehow subverts actual truth, right? Because when we look Correct. at crime statistics across the United States, whether they be FBI or state statistics, every single trend indicates that it is going down. And now, right. now I will say violent crime and murders. Now, I think there's some nuance in terms of nonviolent, you know, drug offenses. And I, you know, yeah. I've, I've read some of the things that Fox does, like they'll include nonviolent crimes as a part of their crime. Yeah, stat, yeah. You know, to kind of boost up and say, well, see, I mean, overall crime is higher. I would point out, though, that those things that are, you know, somewhat subjective, like, you know, they, uh, whatever, the three strikes rule or, um, you know, mm -hmm. you can, you can, you can dial up the criminalization of, of minor yes. behaviors and get the stats you want. Right. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, and, and so, so I would say this, who, so who, what, let's talk protagonist antagonist for the two things that we picked. Who is the antagonist for the red fizzle because oh, just looking SCOTUS. back in time yeah. yeah yeah i mean scotus is number one i mean i think that they were going into it with a very weak underlying position of their main message to their constituency was uh the elections are all rigged that's not a great get yeah. out the vote message yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well but the, so yeah I mean, I, but then, I don't want to interrupt then, your flow. So they, weaken, so yeah. they weaken their base. They work, weaken their turnout, right? Among the craziest mm -hmm. of the crazy. Like if they believed it was rigged, then why would they vote? And then mm -hmm. they angered, uh, you know, everybody with any sense of decency by actually yeah. being the dog that caught the car, right? I mean, they've been mm -hmm. chasing mm -hmm. abortion rights forever. They took, you know, they yeah. grabbed it. They took it down. They realized, or they didn't realize, they they inadvertently angered you know, a very large percentage of the population, you know, both those mm -hmm. people whose rights they were directly infringing, i.e. women, <laughs> and and those people who care about rights in general, i.e. anybody with a yeah. brain, like, yeah, right. you know, insane. And it's like the, so yeah, I think that the, they did not understand the scope of the fallout and they still don't, right? They're still, still don't. thinking like, well, I mean, you know, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I, I was just going to say, look at what they did right after they won. They were just like, okay, now that we've banned this at right. the federal level, we should really right. start doing some things at the state level. And it's That's like, right. um, I mean, well, and I say not this, only that, but let's go after uh, Obergefell, right? Which and 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 the, yeah. the whole idea, and I mean, like loving is on that list, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. literally, literally, Clarence Thomas's own marriage is on the target Holy list. Holy cow! if they just follow through with their own logic from, from Dobbs. Like, <laughs> so, so stay, stay with me on this for a second. D is the, is the red wave as fizzly or the red fizzle as fizzly if Clarence Thomas does not put in his opinion that they should be looking at other things. If kind of stood on its own, cause like he basically said, I'm going to do this if you unless y'all stop me. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Because I mean, so I think that there there's a sort of segment of extremely online and very politically engaged people who understood the implications of just even saying Obergefell, right? Mm -hmm. But but I think the larger impact is probably, you know, the the stories that started immediately coming out of uh, women who were being denied treatment and denied the right yeah. to make choices about their own health and their own bodies and their own families. Like, 
people know yeah. those people, right? They, they, yeah. That the impact of one of those stories is probably a hundred people know about it, right? Like every single time that happens, there's like a hundred people who have direct experience of like, oh, that's like police state shit. Like, oh, that, that's yeah. really bad, <laughs> right? Well, so I think I, that's the larger scale impact. I, I think. Yeah. I, well, I would also say that you know, to your other point of you know not being able to read the room, like you know, let's, let's prosecute the doctor who had to give a 10 year old girl an abortion in Indiana because she was denied in Ohio. Right. Like, you know, at some point I would just tell the Republican staffers, like, you need to do anything to keep that shit out of the news. Like right. you can, you can, pri- you can privately. Yeah. Like you can privately convince about that and you can do whatever, but as soon as you come down on the side of, well, that one, that's false news. Okay. That ends up being true, you know? And then, it's, it's kind of like you want people to focus on the empty glass, but like the spilled milk is all over the floor and people are tripping and walking on it. Like you're putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. And like, <laughs> you, right. <laughs> there are certain things that an oldie, but a goodie upon. <laughs> an oldie, but a goodie. Right. You know, like, you know what? And, and I think that, I think I, if I would, if I was to articulate, I would say that that case became the problem endemic of their entire position, like yeah. a hypothetical, let's assume a 10 year old girl got raped and had to get an abortion. Would you say no to that? It's like, Oh, well, you know, that's never going to happen in real life. That's not anything real. And then it ends up happening. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that plus and, all of the, you're right. I mean, at the state level, um, the, the sort of rabid foaming at the mouth, like uh, response to Dobbs was like, yeah. whatever trying to shut down like uh drag shows at public yeah. libraries yeah. And stuff, like or not drag shows sorry drag, drag queen story hours like super super yeah. uh innocent stuff and calling everybody on the left a groomer for example it's just like really <sighs> extreme you know like well uh, i'm it was pretty i mean i think <sighs> a lot of people got a glimpse of like where the extremism would go if we, yes. you know, if we lost any ground to them, it's kind of weird. Cause you know, um, I, I realized that Putin, like what's going on in Ukraine right now and the, the debate, um, in Europe and globally as well about what the response should be internationally. And are we provoking Putin? Like the game he's been playing since he took power was like, uh, it's, it's such a bully thing, right? It's like, um, yeah. uh, it, give me this or I'm really going to lose my shit. I will go, I'll go ape shit on you. If you just give me this thing, I'll be happy and I'll go away You give them that thing. And they just escalate to the next step, right? It's just constantly moving the window. And that's what the right in this country has been engaging in. And I yeah. think basically, you know, uh, Dobbs in many ways was the breaking point, just like the invasion of Ukraine is the breaking points. It's indefensible. Yeah. You, you know, you, I mean, yeah. like, like Lavrov today said, oh, we're, you know, uh, the government in Kiev is just we're, we're it's not possible to negotiate with them. They're all Russophobes. Like, oh, gee, I wonder what made I wonder why. <laughs> Could is it be your missile barrages? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, but it's that, like but it's the... literally stop hitting yourself, right? Stop hitting yourself. Stop yeah. hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Why are you hitting yourself? The, the, I don't know why. The gaslighting is. <laughs> The gaslighting is insane globally with that. And also, you know, I, I would say even going back to the the whole red wave thing, the 
And actually, I, you know what? I will give you and I a little bit of credit because I forgot which number podcast yep. it was. Yep. But I think you and I talked about the fact that there had never in the history of America been a post-Trump midterm and that right. we might run into problems right. assuming that what had happened before would happen now because Trump was right. such a was such a pivotal moment and a pivotal, That's right. pivotal character. That's right. Um, now, yeah. I, I will say the GOP helped out our made, made us look like incredible prognosticators based on this thing called candidate quality. Um, yes. And I think and I think maybe we <laughs> well, you don't think discover, George Santos is the best of the best. <laughs> um, I His don't name, know. Is he you know even what? George I Santos? <laughs> I mean, it, OK, maybe actually maybe that should be the, the thing that I pick. Right. Because <laughs> you want to talk about the chickens coming all the way home to root. I know. And I and I think what was interesting was that someone was asking me, you know, when he when the soul for when the, actually when the story first came out, they're like, oh, do you think he'll resign? I was just like, it depends on whether or not he'll support McCarthy for speaker. That's right. And lo and behold, I ended up being incredibly um, um, prescient, um yes. of what that was, <laughs> because and I and I said somebody I said a I sent a text message to a buddy of mine. I was just like, listen, and I sent a picture of George Santos. I'm like, when your speakership depends on this guy being sworn in or this guy voting for you, <laughs> yeah. like your speakership, I believe the term I used was rightly and royally fucked. Yes. I, I would agree with that technical term. I just want to share right. uh two yes, yes. delightful Santos tidbits from today. Oh my goodness, by the way. From today. <laughs> okay. Today, he posted on an official uh, Congress oh, website that he, yes. that he voted on a on a bill sometime at the end of 2022 before he, he was sworn in. Sometime in December, he registered a yay vote for something. That's A, delightful. And B, <laughs> he missed the vote on the fifth round because they called his name twice and he's just standing there like, clearly not like he didn't recognize the pseudonym he is run he ran and got elected there because it's not his actual name <laughs> so, I, I might have sent you this but i i said to somebody like when he put because i think he also posted on his official website that hey he was sworn into the 118th that's congress right. that's right Right. And no, that was, and it was I that saw whole, that like, first. And then the next somebody yeah. followed up and said, not only did he say he was sworn in today, which didn't happen, <laughs> but he also registered a yay vote in December. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, there. But here, here's so here's the dangerous part of 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 a George Santos. Um, when they interviewed people, you know, in his district, some yeah. who identified as Republican were just like, yeah, this is. This is bad. And some were just like, mm, no, I'm OK. Like, let's give him a chance. Yeah. Let's see what he can do. Like, you know, and I think maybe what we fail to understand in America is that second chances actually have to be earned. You know, if you have done something, not only do you have to say the word sorry, but you actually have to be sorry and take actions to indicate that you are sorry. Right. Well, like, that's a radical stance. Yes. I know. Right. I know. Crazy talk. I crazy, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, the and someone was like, you know, how can he serve? I was just like, I don't know that the framers had an idea of what would happen in 2022. They had no, no idea of the types of people that would get involved with politics. They had no, no idea as to what the body politic could become if, if and I know that you really didn't have the concept of parties, but 
you know, I think when you frame the Constitution in your mind, it is a highest calling that one could have. Right. And mm-hmm. yes, I do understand that they are very, very problematic issues with a lot of the people. Oh, um, really? Yeah. <laughs> what did they do? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's what they didn't do, which is like pick their own cotton. Um, <laughs> <you know. laughs> they were too busy forming a government to actually do the labor. Um, right. But yeah. And I, and I, you know, so you think about, or, or, you know, I hear the argument, we don't need to, like, why doesn't the Constitution prevent somebody like George Santos from taking office? Because no, it, it yeah. could never anticipate could never. that no, somebody and, and like which, George like, Santos would be elected. That's missing the whole goddamn point of a democracy, right? Yeah. I mean, there's that, I don't know if it's apocryphal or not, but there's the whole story of, like, uh, Franklin coming out of the, the uh, Continental Congress and somebody saying, oh, like, yes, what yes. form of government is it? And it's like, a democracy if you can keep it. Like, the yeah. whole point is it's it's up to us to keep Santos out of office. Yeah. It's up to us yes. to enforce yes. like, norms. And and by the way, like, you know, I, I think there's a really, really crucial, like, you know, sort of underlying, you know, it, 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 it's interesting to think about the framers in the context of they did things that are reprehensible, um, you know, in, in the context of, of the United States, just, you know, a hundred years later when we abolished slavery, mm-hmm. right? Like less than a mm-hmm. hundred years, but um, it's very similar in some ways, I think to uh, the, like the goalposts keep moving and they should, right. That's progressivism. Like that's yeah. the human, uh, yeah. you know, in experiment, like we are trying to be better humans and yeah. what the, the right in America and probably globally are all reacting against is like, I don't like the way you move the goalpost because I had a re- nice cushy, like, you know, yeah. Matt Gates could just sort of do all the shit that Matt Gates did and be a congressman and no one would ever look twice. Like, you know, yeah. I, I have no illusions that, that people in, serving in government in the eighties were any better than these clowns. Right. It's just all being flushed out because we're, we, a, we have more visibility because of, you know, smartphones and the internet and technology <laughs> in general and b yeah. that's that you know seeing all of those smartphone uh um you know uh, recorded instances of police brutality created mm-hmm. the popular um you know uprising behind black lives matter and turned it into the scale that it that it became instead of just being a bunch of angry people on one street corner who mm-hmm. saw that thing happen right like it yeah. connects and us be, all yeah. and we all collectively go like, that's not right. And we need to be better. And there's a certain group of go like, yeah, but do we have to be better? Let's not. Right. <laughs> you know? So ah, I think that's, yeah. the, that's the, the larger context for all this. And, th- and back to what I was saying before, like this, this feels like a necessary set of failures to break that cruft off of society and shake loose from those, incredibly low standards and and try mm-hmm. to make some progress for everybody so so are we so seb are we actually at the point of a political fever that will actually burn the virus out and allow the mm. patient to recover um <sighs> I, I would offer that i'm i'm more i would say this after the red fizzle yeah in some ways i am more optimistic about democracy because quote unquote yeah. you know maybe non-political junkies like you and I actually went out and made a choice. And that choice was, I need to reject fascism, you know, across the scale. 
Um, I'm still very worried about a SCOTUS and the independent legislature, independent state legislature theory. So in one way, I'm kind of optimistic about the, I'm actually more, how how about I say this? I'm optimistic about the voting and democratic process, less optimistic about the appointed process, you know, from the federal judiciary. Is that a, I I think that's, that's how I would describe it. Yeah. I mean, I think there are structural, uh, um, landmines right there are literally like uh crevasses <laughs> gaping mm-hmm, voids yeah. they're hidden <laughs> from view until you step into them and then you fall to your death in our current mm-hmm. system of government and and it's yeah. you know it's kind of like i mean in the larger scale there's you know the the um uh infrastructure uh act that biden passed is yeah. in many ways the most it is by far it's the largest public investment in uh weaning ourselves off of fossil fuel and trying to combat climate change that has ever happened by orders of magnitude you know bill mckibben yeah. who's an old old school environmentalist who basically invented along with uh, uh carson's uh silent spring sort of the whole topic of environmentalism <laughs> and conservation in, in the modern era and sort of from the 70s on um uh you know he said we won like we we need to immediately yeah. shift from fighting for recognition of these, the need for this investment, and now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a de- a deploy that investment. It's more money than we've ever seen for the environmental ever. conservation, ever, 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 by a long shot. And so, and, um, and I think also more importantly, not more importantly, maybe as importantly, money that can't be taken away. Like this right. is already right. budgeted. It's already now. It's right. just about the allocation of said money. Right. right. And that's therein lies the rub, by the right? Next Congress. Like, yeah. You can see the IRA as being the function of uh, dem- democracy working, right? Enough people mm-hmm. went, like, yeah, climate change is bad and we should do something about it to have the political will to get that enormous amount of money um, uh, invested. However, the, the regulatory landscape and the way that the fossil fuel industry has a chokehold on how shit gets built, right? I, I just saw. Uh, mm-hmm flowchart of the the regulatory process for like a new power plant and it's like it's a 10-year process we don't have that time yeah. right like we just don't yeah like you know i mean it's we have to we have to we have we so we face the same structural challenges i think in terms of uh, yeah, public we'll works public infrastructure right as we do in the governance model the governance model uh is is broken in a way that that i don't know how we fix that because it's 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 not it's not prone to self-repair let's put it that way yeah yeah well it's it's what what when the structural issues are baked into the pie yeah right you it's it's very hard to cut either through the center of the pie and or cut around it and that's that's right and and that is although i would so i would so i would say that because there was a historical trend um, in terms of rejection of the GOP positions in the midterm, I don't know. Do I? I, I wonder if I wonder if being R is enough, right? Because I've it, it, I wonder if R is enough in truly purple areas. And I'm and when I'm talking about R, I'm talking about like the hardcore, you know, maybe not necessarily Trump endorsed, but you know, MAGA adjacent Republican. Because I think they're, mm. I mean, we saw what happened to Herschel Walker, right? In, 
you know, and I mean, it's scary that he was close, but at the end, he was close, I think it was yeah. a, it was a, it was a, well, I mean, he was close in the runoff, but I think in the end it was a 3%, um, it was a 3% win, right? Which, which in modern times is actually an ass kicking. <laughs> um, That's right. You know, I think about, and I think about, you know, maybe a George Santos, like, is it, I'm, so I think about quality, quality of candidate. And I think we are reaching the point where it may not be enough to just be a Republican, where where your people are going to vote. I'm, I'm sure there's always going to be some aspect of imagination that will always vote for R. But I don't know if it's enough anymore. And I think it's well, maybe, and I, that's I, I what think, I take I, from these midterms. I think the 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 mega the hardcore mega are the ones who are being disillusioned by the idea that these elections are fixed and. Trump you yeah. know, needs to over to just stay in power with January 6th and then you know the fake electorate mm. all, that, all of that scheme was there that was their denouement right that, that was the climax of, of the QAnon uh, uh, narrative line and none of it yeah. came to pass and they're left with this feeling of like well we're powerless so I mean there was yeah. a moment when that 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 voting block felt empowered. Um, and that's mm-hmm. why they were they were coming out and voting for those those uh, candidates. But, you know, Carrie Lake losing in Arizona was, I think, a really amazing moment in as a as a you know, one of the sort of uh, yeah. like, tiles that made up the mosaic of that red fizzle because photogenic. Right. She had like she had the, the sort of oh, yeah. television. Presence. She was, oh, yeah. Right. Newscaster. Right. She had the whole package and she was crazy as a loon. Like she really understood how to tap into that MAGA narrative but the main like arizona is ground zero for believing that the that no election is fair and no election can possibly be fair and so mm. like who's going to go out and vote for her right like <laughs> yeah yeah and that's what happened it, it's, well and, and she I, immediately I, I, said I, I, this election was rigged which everybody knew she was going to do so like why would you vote in the election if you knew that the narrative was going to be yeah. well that election was fake okay well you like, know and I, I got TV. I got to watch then. <laughs> I know, right? I, I got to. What is Tucker going to tell me to do next? Um, yeah. I, I, I think the Carrie Lake thing is also very interesting because in the general election, it it was, I, I'd have to look back to see what her numbers were. But in the end, I don't, I'm not sure if it was her or the, was it the, the Secretary of State race in Arizona that was not very close. I think the closest one was the attorney general by like 500 votes. I know the Democrat yeah. won in the recall in the, uh, in the recount. Um, but I don't know that Carrie Lake actually claimed close. And I definitely know that Fincham, I, don't think I think so. was the secretary of state. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it was, I, I mean, not, you know, double digit, but you know, six, seven points, maybe like, like, Far, yeah, it far was worse the, than polls might Katie have Hobbs, might have been suggested. Yeah, it looks like uh, fifty point three for Katie Hobbs, forty nine point seven for Carrie Lake. So what's that? Okay, One so and a half percent. Than, close. Yeah, so close than but, I, I mean, would have liked. Okay, sure, but the narrative was she's going to crush Katie Hobbs, right? I mean, yeah, because, that was very true. Yeah, so I mean, uh, that's, that's a very poor showing um, for for what the expectation was. Indeed. Indeed. Well, it's, you know, and it's so funny, you and I talked. I, so I would point out, Seb, that something you and I left off of our, you know, one favorite thing list um, would have to be the work of the January 6th committee. Yes. Um, and, and what and what 
And I think maybe that deserves a little bit of talking because I think that was a sterling example right up there and probably even in my mind more important than Watergate. I wasn't around for Watergate, but if I look at and therefore the historical it doesn't things, exactly right. <laughs> if it happened before me, clearly it is wrong. Um, but when I look at when I look at what people said about Watergate, um, I you know, in my personal mind, I actually think that January sixth was a a far greater danger to our democracy. And I think the work that the committee did oh, for sure in terms of I mean, one, there, there was no armed it. insurrection that Nixon directed. <laughs> there, was, there was not. There was not. So let me. So assuming that you and I have a similar opinion of yes. the January 6th committee, I will ask you to comment on maybe any one of things. What do you think is maybe the most important thing that they did? Um, or what do you think was the most important aspect of how they conducted their business? Like talk, talk to Fan a little bit about what the January mm. 6th committee means to you, Seb. Um, I think, I think they were very smart. Um, I think mm -hmm. that they, I think a lot of people are, are criticizing them for, you know, whatever, not generating, uh, uh, criminal charges or, you know, bringing, uh, dropping the subpoena, Trump, blah, blah, blah. Like those were all based on unrealistic expectations for what, uh, a, a special committee mm -hmm. could do. Um, mm -hmm. I think they took the right lessons from Benghazi and other um, what I would call successful um, Republican inv driven investigations. And I mean, successful in the, from the political perspective, mm -hmm. they, they yeah, got yeah. the result they wanted politically, not in any kind of truth or justice way, obviously, because mm -hmm. yeah, those right. are not their motivators. <laughs> um, uh, by, by making it a spectacle, right? By packaging it for television, um, by doing like the, the video packages, I think it was very important to show just like to construct the timeline out of all the different video clips to show mm -hmm. how close the violence was and how violent yeah. it was. Um, yeah. I think that made a huge impact. I think that having so many Republicans come in and, and say like, oh, this is unbelievably bad, right? I mean, I think there's an there's a editorial cartoon of, of uh, I think it's Kevin McCarthy saying, um, yeah, the January 6th committee is totally uh, partisan. Only Republicans have been testifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. Um, it, 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 I think it was a little. It, I think it was a little bit of a revenge of the Never Trumpers, right, or the the Lincoln totally. Project, right? That totally. That group kind of. I mean, I'm not that anybody who was a witness was officially a part or even unofficially a part, but I think that kind of mantra mindset of like we really need to. I don't even think it was about taking back the party. I think when I saw those witnesses, it really did seem to be about this was really bad and you motherfuckers have no idea how bad it was. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Like true, it's true. What's, so there was that judge who's a uh, Republican appointee, retired judge who's considered sort of a, a constitutional expert. I can't remember his name, but I think he was very impactful. Um, yeah. I think Ruby Freeman was very impactful too, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, because it made it real. She's one of the few non republicans oh, I don't yeah. even know what her, her political, just a regular person um, who's yeah. a, a poll worker who was accused was of, say, of please, stuffing please, ballots. Please tell fan who Ruby, yeah, please tell right. fan who She's, Ruby Freeman was. Yeah, a volunteer at the polls, like every election works, who was mm -hmm. caught on video unwrapping, I think, like a Tootsie Roll or something, like literally yeah. a lozenge. And then that clip was part of the 
insane Kraken teams proof mm-hmm. of uh, you know of impropriety at the, in the election, and and Trump like attacked her multiple times on whatever Truth Social or whatever mm-hmm. the hell he posts on now. Um, yeah. and her life was ruined. Like, you know, he, he set the mob on her. Um, and she's, yeah. And I mean, yeah. I think that was, that was really, it made it real. I think in a way that I, yeah. you know, it's because it wasn't just somebody inside as, the beltway or right, yeah. exactly not a prof- professional, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, warrior of the political sphere or whatever. Right. I mean, just a bystander yeah. and, and, and very, you know, it, it obviously really, really hurt her as a person. Um, and it was mm-hmm. super unfair. And I thought that was, had a ton of impact. And then, you know, all the, the texts, because I think texts are very relatable. Like we text to our friends or our coworkers and our family and, and, yeah. um, and, and we, we don't have these like side that. conversations. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, when something bad is happening at work, for example, Everybody has yeah. the experience of sort of, you know, texting with a colleague going, can you believe what just happened or what that person did? And that's what the, the, the character of all those private messages was like, I cannot believe like, you know, the one that just came out um, a couple of days ago, uh, uh, Hope Hicks and some other uh, um, uh, advisor or, or admin or somebody, I can't remember who the other person was saying basically like he's ruined our, our chances of having a job. Yeah, Anybody who doesn't have a job. Yeah, we are. We are yes. unemployable, I think, was we the term. We are unemployable, yes. We're going right? to look like domestic terrorists after tomorrow. Like, that's privately shared, like, candid, holy shit moments that are, like, not packaged for TV in any way, shape, or form. And that they have a ring of, of authenticity to them, I think, made it, again, just not some kind of Fox and other media outlet mediated theater. It was like, no, this is mm-hmm. this really happens. You know, people are really yeah, afraid it, of their lives for their lives, and people were were uh, really aware that this was Trump directed domestic terrorism. It's coming from inside the house, Seb. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? That white one over uh, yeah, there? <laughs> exactly. And 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 I, I so I I as usual. Um, I agree with everything that you have said. I think the other part that I would maybe hone in on a little bit is the focus on the salaciousness. And unfortunately, the salaciousness was the oh shit, bat shit craziness. And so I think Mm -hmm. it was very easy. And I also think this committee was good. I mean, you know, they did hire a producer from ABC to help them with the production of that. And I think that was very evident because it ran like a next week on January 6th. That's like you kept thinking to yourself, oh, my goodness, like I I wonder what's going to happen next. Like you're there's an expectation of this. And I think that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're right. On last week's episode, on a very special episode of the January 6th committee, you know, that. That and I think that was very smart because it it really talked to how people consume news and how people can. Yes. And I think what they did was, which I think that was the masterstroke, right? You you wrapped up news in a consumable, entertaining format. It's not meant to be entertainment, but you're trying to hit the same yeah, brain yeah, centers yeah. in terms of dopamine That's and everything right. else to be like, oh, okay. That's right. Um, yeah, like yeah. The, I mean, they, then, they, they, it was meme worthy, right? I mean, like Josh Hawley, yeah, running, yeah, right yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, yakety scats will never sound the same to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. but so yeah. I actually 
Seb, actually, Seb, <laughs> let's hit on that point for a second, because I think also what the January 6th did, committee did was they started to paint the tar brush on people who might be considered viable candidates for 2024. Absolutely. And it 100 percent gave things not necessarily they have to be used now, but I guarantee you, Josh Hawley is. I can't guarantee anything because he's batshit crazy, but I think that Josh <laughs> Hawley would think twice about running for twice. president now, knowing that that like he already knows what the opposition research is going to be like. They just it, gave yeah, it starts research. with that. <laughs> yes, and, it, and and maybe ends with that. Like that. Yeah. Do you need anything? More? Went, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you do because, and I think actually I'll I'll go back to something that you said, which was. You know, people had unrealistic expectations, but I think actually that's a good thing because, and I don't think it was just people on the far left or even, you know, or just like rabid Democrats who wanted this. Like there was a lot of people in the center who were just like, this seems to be pretty clear cut evidence of criming. Uh-huh. Like I'm not a lawyer and I don't play one on TV, <laughs> but this seems like criming. <laughs> it seems a lot like criming. It seems a lot like criming. And I think once you get, <laughs> you know, the quote unquote average middle of the ground person being like this, this feels criminal-ish like yeah. that, that is good. <laughs> it is. And, 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 yeah. I, and I also think they did a wonderful job of doing what they're supposed to do in terms of presenting the evidence to the people who are actually responsible for prosecuting crimes. And, you know, I've heard the complaints like, you know, why aren't they moving slower? Why aren't they moving? Why are they moving faster? I'm like, you know, Merrick Garland has earned the right after what he has done recently with the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Give him Mm -hmm. a moment. Like, (laughs) clearly he is playing 5D chess on this. Like, it would not surprise me if right around election season, (laughs) you know, yeah. Maybe 120 days, 180 days before that 60-day moratorium on the elections. Like my expectation and my hope is that the DO date is just going to drop the fucking hammer. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it will be like not like the hammer that you and I use to like build, you know, dog houses or put up picture frames. Like <laughs> it's gonna be like Thor's hammer type of stuff. Like it is and here's the thing, there's a whole bunch of stuff we don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Or we, that hasn't been made public yet. And I think it was a smart move. That's that's maybe the only thing I'd say about the J6 committee is I wasn't very happy about, I wasn't quite sure how I felt about them releasing transcripts and what was said. I know, I know yeah. why they had to do it because it's a I public know. report. <sighs> and I, know. I don't know. So look, I, I, the so, only thing I can think is that, well, yeah, I mean, I, I can only hope and assume um Mm -hmm. that they were um in doing that in coordination with the doj saying like do do you need this right Mm. and being told nope we're we're good no we we got it (laughs) we got that one covered (laughs) yeah no these idiots left left, uh evidence an electronic trail yeah don't worry about it yeah it is (laughs) so i you know so fan if you are out there i would tell you to give merrick garland the the benefit of the doubt and understanding that a case like this has never been prosecuted. And so I think prosecutors by general tend to be very meticulous, like cross the I, dot the T and dot the well, J. And I think especially like, he is. Like that's his his yeah, whole that's shtick. his nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
He's Mr. Cautious. So, uh, yeah. yes. That, but I think that we is need that own. level of cautiousness because you can't. What, what's that saying? You know, you shoot the king, you better not miss. And I do think that the Merrick Garland um, Justice Department won't miss. Um, That's my oh hope. My I mean, yeah. Oh, I, I, I think we're okay with that. I, 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 because it would be a monumental failure of epic proportions. And I think if there's yeah. anything that could take the 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 gas out of not the gas the air out of the balloon for you know democrats and democracy oh, 100%. in 2024 it would be not prosecuting so i don't i don't think they can let that happen yeah i agree i mean the only the only concern i have and this may be happening behind the scenes because i mean how much actual visibility do we yeah. have of like hiring firing of the 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 rank and file in the doj mm-hmm. i have a feeling mm-hmm. that it was pretty compromised um by the trump era just based on things that you know i mean like the degree to which um muller had to operate in secrecy from the rest of the doj and how much that hampered that investigation um and then Mm -hmm. how you know uh Barr was just like like on top of it to lie and and the rest of the or significant chunks of the doj went along with those lies i mean there's been a lot of of implicit signs of internal corruption and my hope is that they're taking their time in part to root that out i just don't know i don't know if that could happen without us without anybody like any washington post or new york times investigative reporter saying like major shakeup with the doj which i certainly have not seen in the news well and but i think you i mean how do you get around that right if you're if your house is compromised you put a special prosecutor in there and I think we've seen the use of special prosecutors when the DOJ will not do something where it shouldn't, a la Ken Starr. And I think we, I think now what we're seeing is the use of special prosecutors when it needs to do something but can't necessarily trust its internal, all of its internal resources to go along mm. and get along. Yeah. Well, I, I hope so. I hope so. I just, I guess yeah. I just feel like I don't know, and that makes me anxious. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean. But that's human nature. That's human nature. Yeah, exactly. By the exactly. Way, how, how did, I mean, and in a, in a, in a, in a, in a sign of how much has really gone on, um, I heard something happened with Twitter in our, this last time we broadcast. I oh? think there was something going on there. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, did, did something happen there? Um, was it, was it I something mean, that happened at the hands of the guy who tweeted today, <laughs> 12 months ago, I was man of the year. He literally <laughs> tweeted that yesterday. I don't know. But um, like the saddest you know, billionaire in the world. I would I would offer that the Twitter debacle maybe has done more than anything to help shatter the myth of the super smart genius billionaire. 100% and, agree. And, and I mean, if there's anything that highlights that it is a collection of privilege and history and timing dumb luck right that can that can make you a billionaire or make you president right like i think that's what we're starting to see because i think there was an idea that everybody aspired to be billionaires you know like a bill gates or buffett and now you're just like um wow like (laughs) these damn boys are no i i meant like not a loser is what i meant (laughs) yeah exactly i thought seb let's hit on that point 
for many of us, the idea was, or many who aspired to be like this, you know, Silicon Valley class, it was like, wait a minute. I thought that having money was supposed to actually make you a better person. Yeah. Or I thought you at least had the ability or, or, to buy yeah. therapy to make you a better right. person, right? Like, <laughs> you, you, you didn't have to. Like, I, just you, saw, like you, I just saw today, <laughs> uh, guys will build a chat GPT uh, bot therapist before going to a real therapist. <laughs> they, they will, won't they? They're like, yeah, no, it's got all the parts. It's, it's got every therapy answer. So I, I've gone That's into right. all my therapist notes and I've given every answer and now it just comes up with something. Like, that is... That is, I mean, it's, I, I mean, I look at, okay, clearly, um, you know, he doesn't have anybody in his, in his well, corner. That's the other him, thing. Does, does no. anybody tell you not to do this shit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, when you're a narcissist and you think you're the smartest person in the room, who else yeah. do you need? Like you it's trust true. your, you trust your own counsel. Um, it's true. It's true. And maybe, you know, that might be the at the root of why money can't buy happiness, because it destroys all friendships and other relationships, right? The money becomes yeah. more important than you. You don't know why anybody's hanging out with you because the the money yeah, alone yeah. could be a motivator, even if they're the worst person in the world. People are like, you know, yeah, hell yeah, I want to be on, you know, whatever, be part of your, your uh, yeah. goon squad at Twitter or whatever. We should probably yeah, give Fan yeah. a little bit more context, though, right? <laughs> I don't know how mm. well well understood this this particular chapter in the tech world is. There was, Kimberly sent me something actually today, which I thought was fascinating. And it said that there's a difference between being a human being with insecurities and being an insecure human being. And I, I thought it was. That's very accurate. <laughs> you know, clearly I married up. Like, you know, so all the guys out there, I would tell you, if you want to improve your life, just marry up. Um, find somebody smarter than you and lock them the fuck down. Um, <laughs> and I thought that that was very interesting because it really does speak, because I think we all have insecurities. Like, I give talks all the time in my sure. company about how to deal with imposter syndrome, but the idea is not to let the insecurities rule you and make your decisions. <laughs> Acknowledge no. that they're there. You know, have some self awareness for them, but my goodness, like, in fact, don't, it's the don't opposite. Look. Yeah, like the whole goal yeah. is to not let them rule your goddamn life, guys. Yeah, <laughs> those they make bad decisions. Like, they do. <laughs> like you know, imagine you're in drunk, <laughs> drunk and high, and and in control. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, you don't know, want. You don't want that. Like I said, of all the, the I think the three, you get a ticket if you do ego, that, right? <laughs> I think you do. And you should. You definitely should. It's um yeah, that that and I think so let me so let me ask you this. Does Twitter ever recover? Mm, no. <laughs> Easy yeah. answer. Yeah. No, I, I would nope. I would have to agree. It's it's it is I think what can happen is the the cool kids start to leave, right? And and I think yeah. we're seeing this, right? Whether it be Mastodon or you know, yeah. or some or going someplace else. And mm -hmm. now I think Twitter runs the risk of being the yeah. MySpace of well, twenty twenty two. It's the last social media platform standing, really. I mean, of the of the old guard, right? I mean, TikTok has yeah. devoured everything. It's the only one that's growing. Yeah. Facebook is gone. Yeah. 
right? It's meta. It's literally gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, um, yeah. And and Twitter was the last old school, you know, two thousands uh, social platform standing. And it's you know we've seen the migration before from even the mm. the proto platforms like uh, Seven Degrees and Tribe, right? Um, mm-hmm. Tribe.net to MySpace and LiveJournal and Facebook and Twitter. And one by one, they, they, as you said, the cool kids go elsewhere. The, the, there's a really high degree of sensitivity to momentum in a social platform. There has to be yeah. more people, more novelty, more content all the time, or it starts to yeah. feel stale and then it starts to feel not cool and then it starts to feel like a place you don't want to be right and it we've is, seen this you don't want to be over the last one left right yeah and the the only the thing i think is super interesting about this particular iteration of that that cycle is that um instead of so you mentioned mastodon what i am very interested about mastodon is that it's an open source project um Anyone can host their own server. So like Washington mm-hmm. Post is hosting a Mastodon server for their employees. So you have to be a Washington Post reporter to be on their Mastodon server, sort of like a Slack server, right? Mm-hmm. Um, except that it's primarily, in fact, it's all public. They're, even the DMs, apparently, there's, <laughs> they're not particularly well secured. because At the moment, it's an open source chunk of code. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. servers federate. So you join a server, let's say I'm a Washington Post reporter, I join the Washington Post Mastodon, and then there's my local feed, that's all of my colleagues that are posting to that Mastodon server, but then I can follow anybody on any other federated Mastodon server, so New York Times or uh, whatever, the Department of Energy or Fox News or this university or uh, that professional association or whatever, right? Any kind of affinity group can run its own Mastodon. And so no one's actually in control of the timeline in a centralized way. So one, there could actually literally be a marketplace of different algorithms for how you want to organize your timeline. I want to see, you know, I always want to see my friends posts first, or Mm -hmm. I always want to see, uh, you know, news organizations post first, or I always want to see this topic for, or whatever you can, you can, you can imagine a whole, an infinite variety of, ways to uh, organize and filter the timeline and that takes away the i think the biggest uh opportunity for abuse that social media platforms fell victim to right like they were victims of their own success yes. facebook was like "Ooh, if i tweak the algorithm this way i make this much more ad revenue and i could test it in a real-time closed feedback loop so they just they let yep. the machine learning model go crazy, and what happens is you, you amplify misinformation and outrage, right? It, people fighting yeah. with each other generates the most <laughs> clicks and the most engagement, and that's what drives ad revenue. And it, it's completely wow. arbitrary; like it doesn't actually sell product at all, or drive nope. leadership or anything useful. It's literally just pushing the dopamine button over and over and again. And so I'm super super interested in this federated model and the even more interesting thing is that mastodon is actually based on an open standard called activity pub that tumblr is saying they're going to support and any other social platform is able to support as well in fact i think wow it's either salesforce or slack we're talking about supporting activity pub as well so you get this completely different landscape of public uh 
private and in-between rooms, right? That you can move mm-hmm. in between just as we do in social, in real life, right? Like in real the life, way yeah. I behave mm-hmm. and how I talk, you know, in my own home is not the way I talk at the bus stop. And it's not the way I talk at the office. Like they're different contexts, just like, you know, everything human, right? So yeah. I, I just think without that centralized control with the federated model and with the, those, the ability to differentiate uh, social context more granularly i think there's a lot of potential in a, a much healthier social landscape or social media landscape well so i like what you would just what you just said because it thinks about okay tried that that was fun now let's ready for the next evolution of it like yeah yeah exactly and, and i think that's what you know like ooh, we we saw what happened before um, and I think something you said, which is really interesting in terms of it's not controlled by the whims of one megalomaniac right. or one narcissist, right? Like it is truly grouped. It's truly controlled by the group. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and self-defined group. It's like, if you Self, decide yeah. you're a group, yeah. then, then, then go for it. You get to do it. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Oh man. So I, I was, I, I, I've lost track of the time. Have we been, have we hit our 60 minute limit? Uh, I mean, let's see. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Cause I, I'm not I, sure I when we hit record because yeah, we had our I think little it was about seven catch up first. Yeah. I think it was, we did about seven thirty ish. And that's, okay. I mean, I'm, I almost feel like, do, do we want to try and do another one? Does fan deserve to get us for another hour later in the week? <laughs> Let's do one. Yeah. Later in the I'm, week. Let's see what we do. Yeah. I'm good for it because you know, what are the things that we one? There'll probably be more like next week on as yet. Of course there will. Um, <laughs> you know, like this, I'm sure there'll be an update on the chaos of the GOP speaker. And, and by the way, can I just offer that, needing to Democrats to come to some kind of consensus candidate, like asking Democrats to leave the chamber so they can get to a lower number or, or threshold number, you know, you know, you, so Seb, lack of (laughs) self-awareness, you might not want to. So you need the groomers and the pedophile baby eaters to leave (laughs) the forum so that you can elect your speaker. Is that what you need? Hey, groomers and pedophiles. Can you give me a solid? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it is, but I, you know, and I think Twitter, you've probably seen some of the same tweets as well. It's like, you know, someone came out, it's like, well, I can't, you know, I'm not a math major, but Hakeem Jeffrey seems to have more votes for speaker than Kevin McCarthy right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, sure talk does. to me about what that is. Um, so I would say we have that. We, we definitely have got to talk about, if we assume we do this later, we've got to talk about what 51 senators mean. Because I think mm-hmm. you and I both for two years have had to deal with this lie that there's a Democratic majority. And it's like, no, I don't think you understand how power sharing agreements work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think let's talk about what 51 senators does, especially when it comes to appointing federal um, judges to the bench. Yeah. By the way, um, Biden just renominated all of the appointees who got hung up. Because of the 50 class. Yep, he did. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Um, So you're very on point. (laughs) I think we should also talk about. Joe thinks you are. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know. (laughs) I think the other part would, 
Mr. Cool, Joe Cool. Enough of this malarkey. Um, <laughs> I, I would, I would, I would say that we may all might also want to talk about later in the week um, the whole idea. Just the, just the. I'm, I'm going to call it. You know, we talk about malarkey. I like the dark Brandon energy that I see coming from the White House. It's refreshing and it's needed. And I think the great example of that would was them telling all of the at you know a week ago incoming speakers or incoming committee chairmen that they had to resubmit all of their requests for documents because actually they didn't have the right to ask for them when they were in the minority before. So I think just little and of course there was a week before we knew that there was going to be this drama, right? So it just seemed I know. It's just tasty. Tasty and delicious. <laughs> it's tasty. It is tasty. Well <laughs> what 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 do you think we should long, chat about? Well, I think we should we should just wrap up now and leave it for we have no idea what's going to okay. happen Ooh, yeah, now yeah, and yeah, tomorrow. Come back, come back fan. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know what we really talk about, come back tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so I so what are we gonna what are we gonna name the episode? Um, I have. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um, I would offer um, flip this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> In terms of the you know the lack of red wave and you know red. Um, I dog catches car. Red, red, exactly. Dog catches car. I also had, you know, red sizzle to red fizzle. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and I don't, let's see. Um, oh, maybe play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or that, that German word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. That German word realized. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That German word made real in the flesh. <laughs> exactly. If, well, if I, anybody I, I, doesn't I, understand what that German word means now, uh, <laughs> I don't exactly. know what, the, what right. else well, the Republicans can do for you. <laughs> I think as I sit here in the wilds of Maine, in complete darkness where my mom lives, like 25 acres away, <laughs> you have to take, so my mom's dirt driveway leads to a dirt road that leads to a dirt road. Like that's how far oh back in the woods I am right now. <laughs> like it is up all the way out here. Is she like a retired um, assassin or something? Is this, is this the beginning she might of a be. movie? <laughs> She's, she, my mom is red. She's a retired, extremely dangerous. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think even sitting here in the, in the wilds of Maine, I, I had forgotten I'd forgotten how great these were, even if I don't care if anyone else listens. But just thank you for uh, thank you for your friendship. And thank you for twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, man. Yeah, it's good stuff. Thank you as it's well. It's good stuff. Very good stuff. McCarthy. Huffman. Jeffries. Heisinga. McCarthy.